This is the Snug Podcast. In this episode, discussing the digital strategy. A long-held frustration in primary care around uh, the management of prescriptions, and for me, this is a an absolutely key program. Digital Identity Scotland has has the potential to really open up citizen access to data and supporting citizens on their journey through health and care services. And and what's particularly been taken forward is the the concept of an international patient summary, IPS. Hello, welcome to another Snug Podcast. I'm Andrew McElhinney, a member of the Scottish National Users Group for GPIT, and I'm a GP in NHS Forth Valley. I hope you didn't melt in the recent heatwave, but don't worry, you'll soon hear people telling you the nights are drawing in again. Now, have you read the Scottish Government's Digital Health and Care Strategy? I wonder. It was published in October 2021, and if you haven't, you can click on a link in the podcast episode notes and have a look right now. Now, in the last episode, we heard from Professor George Crooks, who's the chief executive of the DHI, or Scotland's National Innovation Centre for Digital Health and Care. And there was a lot of talk about giving your patients, or citizens as they're also known, access to data which they can use to understand and improve their own health. So as a follow-up to that, we wanted to let you hear this talk, which was also given at the Snug Members' Day, and it was by Jonathan Cameron, who's the Director of Digital Health and Care at the Scottish Government. Now anything you want to work better with regards to the GPIT systems that we use every day depends on how this strategy works out. And we know that our members in general practice all want things like GPIT reprovisioning, e-prescribing, improvements to all our GPIT systems, including things like document management, order comms, referrals, long-term condition management, anticipatory care planning. So this strategy is vital. It has to tell us not just what the aims are for digital health, but also explore how they can actually be realised. And that involves loads of aspects and moving parts. Crucially, the underlying infrastructure, which has to be fit for purpose. And that involves the kit that we have available to use in our surgeries. Also the networks, the systems they connect to, the security protecting them the people who facilitate and train us in the new systems, and, vitally, the patients about whom we hold the information and use it to provide healthcare. So, let's go back to what was the end of a busy Snug Members' Day in May and hear Neil Kelly introducing Jonathan Cameron. Later on, you'll also hear a little bit from Julie Faulkner, his colleague in the Scottish Government, talking about Sky Gateway. Listen out for the questions at the end, which are also very interesting. You're both very welcome. I know that we've had uh, a refresh of the digital health and care strategy published at the end of last year, uh, and obviously some key parts of that relating to what we do in general practice and wider primary care and links into health and social care. So I'm very grateful for you to come and uh, just give us a bit of an update on on where that's taking us and, and what we might expect. So over to you, Jonathan. Thanks very much, Neil, and good afternoon, everyone. And, and yeah, delighted to be here. Great to have an opportunity to come in and, and share actually the, the really good work that's ongoing. You'll be pleased to hear at the end of a very long day. So planning to uh, to do a fairly short presentation highlighting, as Neil, you just said, the digital health and care strategy, also the data strategy that we put out to public consultation uh, just last week. 
and just highlighting some of the key work we're doing in and around primary care. So as Neil said uh, in the introduction there, we published the digital health and care strategy at the end of October and very much focusing on refreshing and bringing up to date and, and reflecting a bit on what we've been through the, the, in terms of the COVID pandemic. And, and it was also a really clear focus on care. And it's really important to us about that the emphasis of bringing health and care together. So a number of key themes that, that came out from the strategy that were um, reflected in the vision and, and that right care, right place, right time for us is, is, is so important. And the role that GPs and all the, the, the staff that, that work in practice are absolutely critical to delivering this vision. And, and for me, how we, how we support well-being and, and the use of digital technologies ultimately benefits the patient and the citizen who are absolutely at the heart of our strategy. So we're trying to move very much towards things like proactive care, how we personalise care, but how we how we support and, and use all the data that we have to, to improve health and to care and well-being. Um, so you'll see a number of themes and a number of things like that uh, reflected not just in the strategy, but also in the, the programmes that, that we're taking forward. We set out three strategic aims in the strategy. I've already mentioned uh, the, the, the citizen access to data as, as being a critical element and, and all the, the data and information that's captured through GPIT systems and others are a really critical component to that. But it's not just for me about access to the data, it's about control and, and it's about signposting to the right health information or to the right health wellbeing and care information and services that will really make the change for citizens' outcomes. So that's our first strategic aim. But that only works if we have the right foundations in place. So our, our second strategic aim is, is built very much around that safe, secure and ethical digital foundation. And, and that's where we're putting a lot of effort into our, our major programmes like uh, GPIT, but also systems like CHI uh, and PACS. Security is important, so we're doing a lot of work on cyber. Uh, and we have the, uh, the, the new Cyber Centre of Excellence that will be launched next month that uh, is really going to support um, ensuring that we, we maintain safe and secure systems across the NHS. The other word to highlight in this aim is, is confidence uh, and, and how do we make sure that, that users have the confidence in, in using the technology that, that we're providing and that we're working on together. And the third strategic aim, and I suppose this one is, is a little away from primary care, but still has a really important impact on it overall. Uh, it's, it's bringing in wider research, innovation, planners, and very much supporting the likes of uh, Research Data Scotland, and underpinning these are, are digital principles, uh, and these are actually taken from the, the overall digital strategy for Scotland, but we've placed a particular emphasis on, on the collaboration that's required to make this happen and the importance of data and, and really seeing a, a huge opportunity now for Scotland as a whole to be much better at, uh, at using data to make decisions and to provide information at the right time. Um, a number of key points here, but yeah, recognising the importance of culture and the skills and the development of the workforce across all areas as being vital to achieving our strategy. We've done some engagement and, and mentioned uh, skills and confidence in digital. Again, just, just um, emphasising that, that that comes up time and time again for, from citizens in particular. And we're working very closely with uh, programmes like Connecting Scotland to uh, to make sure that we're, we're providing not just the equipment that's needed, but but just the, the, the support and the training that's needed for that. 
particularly from user base and I think particularly from from yourselves working in general practice, uh, we absolutely want to address the infrastructure. Uh, and that's why we've placed a, a great emphasis in the strategy on that strategic aim of having the right foundations in place. And the last point is an interesting one from citizens is, is this, this idea of tell my story once. So we're, we're, we're trying very hard from a data perspective of how we capture data once and use it many times to try and reduce that frustration and try and uh, change that behavior of constantly having to ask for the same information over and over again in, in different settings and at different times. So data, as I've already mentioned, you're hugely important to us and that, that's led us to the recent launch of our data strategy for health and social care. And it's the first time we've ever had a dedicated strategy in this area. For me, it's really important that we set out more clearly what we're going to do with citizens' data, what we're going to do with all the management information that's collected, what we're going to do to address the challenges of devices and other um, other new sources of data that are coming in, and how do we build trust and support the handling of all that data. So as part of that process, we've, we've launched our um, public consultation uh, and it's open until the 12th of August. And really wanted to flag this to say we'd really welcome views from across primary care, either as individuals or as snug as a group as a whole. Um, we'd also welcome you know, views from industry and other colleagues that have joined us on, on this presentation, um, because it's really important that, that we get this right. Um, and we have a great opportunity to, 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 to really set the direction of travel, again, build in the right infrastructure, but really build that trust in what we're doing with data across, across Scotland. And our working vision for the data strategy is, is shown here, and, it, and it's about that data-driven approach, having citizens able to access and manage their own data and facilitating that greater innovation. Huge opportunity with things like AI, machine learning, and you know other new tools that are coming in this space. And we have to be ready collectively across the NHS, across care, uh, across the sector as a whole, public sector as a whole, to be ready for that challenge. Uh, and we see a great opportunity as well in, in terms of linking out to other areas uh, and other parts of the public sector that really matter to the individual. Um, just to highlight on the strategy as well, that there, there's a lot of work and a lot of engagement ongoing around um, citizen identity. And I would probably just take the opportunity to flag the work that Digital Identity Scotland are doing to watch out for that probably in the coming months as that is the potential to really open up that citizen access to data and supporting citizens on their journey through health and care services. So in addition to the data strategy, we also committed to a digital delivery plan as part of the strategy. I would acknowledge this has been slightly delayed. We've, we've had to take on board a lot more feedback and, and, and advice on the best way to lay this plan out. But the idea behind this is to be very clear just over the next three year basis on, on a rolling basis, what are the key milestones we're trying to achieve? What programs are we working on? And then building on those milestones to say, you know, what are the measures and what are the outcomes behind um, this plan? So the plan is going to be published next month, and as well as this milestone chart and a kind of more traditional things that you would expect to see in a delivery plan, we're going to be setting out benefits uh, and trying to demonstrate how we bring systems together to really make and change for the better uh, what happens for citizens and for those that are, are working in the in the health service. There's a very strong focus on primary care and diagnostics in particular, and I'm really wanting to make sure again that within the plan we're 
capturing and showing all the, the you know the right things that we're doing for primary care and that has a particular emphasis on things like moving to cloud and and how we're going to interoperate between different systems so delivery plan also takes into account the major program for government plan that's, that's already in place and the three programs that are listed here are actually the only three from digital health and care that form the program for government but all three have a major impact or considered critical if you like for primary care and there's going to be particular work that's set out starting with the delivery plan but we'll get into more detail over the coming months around digital front door and programs like digital prescribing NHS near me from a primary care perspective is is reasonably well rolled out uh, but we're starting to look at other sectors and other opportunities for for um, encouraging wider citizen use of that. I'm going to just touch a little on digital prescribing, um, and I suppose just to be clear that this is a major priority, and we're starting with primary care, and and of particular focus is is the box marked EES here is the advanced electronic signature. So NES and NSS have been commissioned jointly to to take forward this program, and again it's a a big priority for us in terms of taking out a long-held frustration in primary care around uh, the management of prescriptions. And for me, this is a, an absolutely key programme, but it's also one that we need to manage very carefully because the impact it has on a number of different systems and just, just how key it is to the whole the whole process. So there'll be work set out through uh, colleagues in NES and NSS. One of the clinical leads is Sam Patel. And really more generally looking forward to working closely with uh, general practice, with GPs and all with staff that are based in practices to make sure that we get this right for everyone. And again, critical to this process as well will be, of course, how the citizen will interact and work with this. Touch briefly on Near Me. Huge number of consultations done and, and, and a huge thank you to uh, you know everyone in general practice has really embraced and, and had been using near me. I think it had a tremendous impact on the uh, ability to respond to the COVID pandemic. And we're hoping just to keep that momentum going whilst recognising that it's a choice. So the, you know, the key message I wanted to give on this is that, that, that near me is a choice and it's a tool that's available to use, but it's not the only one and and we absolutely recognize that you know a telephone call is entirely the right thing to do at the right time but to try and support that um, and to try and make near me even more usable uh, they've launched a new functionality called uh, consult now uh, which makes it much easier just to do almost like a, almost a video call on demand and there's been a great um, leap forward if you like in, in the consultations around groups and, and the ability to securely bring people together for for sort of small clinics or um, mental health consultations or particularly actually in diabetes we're seeing some interesting use about groups that can come together to support each other but doing that over a, a secure virtual channel through um, near me so I just wanted to to reflect on that and and building on that we've been pulling together a number of digital services around um, program we're calling connect me and my colleague Scott Henderson uh, and others were presenting earlier on our, our GP DAX work as uh, so that GP digital asynchronous communication and, and we see GP communication as a big part of of how do we bring services better together so there's a number of different things that we're looking at as part of the connect me program and the the remote health pathways um, part of that is is critical to linking up devices and linking up the right information to support a number of the conditions that are, that are listed here so the remote health pathways program um, supported by in healthcare 
um, who we've we've contracted to provide the platform that will support uh, this really important work. And again, and across a number of things across our strategy, um, we're seeing you know tremendous benefits of allowing patients to better manage their condition, potentially avoid having to go to hospital for follow up appointments, particularly on COPD, but also that wider net zero and climate benefit of reducing travel and, and reducing the need to to attend certain appointments. So really encouraged by the early parts on this, and I think uh, again we'd welcome views or thoughts on on how best to to maybe accelerate some of the work or or how we could encourage other um, or other staff to 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 try and take advantage of the opportunity of the technology will bring. One of the other foundations I just wanted to highlight is really the importance we're placing on SNOMED CT and in fact on clinical informatics more generally. We are absolutely committed to moving to SNOMED CT as, as the native dictionary. We're now back on track and, and wanted to confirm that Brendan O'Brien's been asked to be the, the SRO for the programme and, and we're keen to look at how we would rapidly roll out and use SNOMED CT very much with that eye on the benefits of improving data quality and, and really for bringing in better use of tools such as AI and machine learning becomes much easier to do that if there's there's greater standards or improved standards or on, on clinical coding and moving towards a standard that's widely recognized and, and, and used internationally and, and moving away from the, the, the read codes which are you know every day becoming harder and harder to to manage or, or, or to use within certain systems. Next, uh, Saveria, just just to highlight, Julia, maybe invite you in just to, to to talk briefly about the Scottish referrals and clinical communications work. This is a, a new group that's been established under the Enabling Technology Board, and it's the Scottish Referral and Communications Group. And the idea is to look at all things referral and understand where. Uh, our current use of Sky Gateway can be improved and what future possibilities there are for us to use other tools and modern technologies to deliver the types of functionality that we've often bent and folded into Sky Gateway because it was the only thing we had to hand. So this group is governing the current commitments of the Sky Gateway team around cross-browser compatibility for different internet browsers and supporting GPIT reprovisioning, uh, Gateway is, is key to this, but it's also to look at alternatives and some of those use cases, how we support referrals in acute care, especially where they take place out of the normal hours Gateway supported. For example, we've got neurology referrals in Glasgow that use Gateway, but Gateway is unsupported during those out of hour referrals and they're urgent referrals. So what can we do to use the technologies we currently have to improve the resilience of that type of referral? There are new pathways of care, such as those involving multidisciplinary teams and where the pathway is not now linear. Uh, what can we do in that space? And how do we communicate and refer out with the NHS, including between social care and third sector agencies, that wider remit we now have for referrals. So this group is working away and its current activity is around commissioning a piece of work to look at the need, the national need, not just what Gateway currently does and could do, but what the organisation as a whole needs around referrals and around communications, bearing in mind we now have Office 365, we have Track Care, we have 
other platforms that weren't available or in existence at the time when Sky Gateway was invented and applied for use in Scotland and, and the other home countries, I should add. So a number of folks that will be listening to this right now are contributing directly to that process. And thanks very much for that, and particularly to the Short Life Working Group that picked up Sky Gateway and over long years tried to find a home for it. And I think now, I hope, you will see that things are starting to gain some traction here and we're starting to make some progress in an area that has been a victim of its own success in some ways, but but also needs to be fit for purpose for what we now need to use profile and communication tools for in Scotland. For example, people being able to see where their referral is at on its journey. So that's that's what's happening in that space. Very helpful, Julie. Thanks very much. That's perfect. So I'm going to end there and, and I just wanted to say again, thank you very much for the opportunity to come and speak to you and I'm happy to take questions just in the remaining time. Thanks. Yeah, thanks very much, Jonathan. Um, lots and lots of great stuff there, I have to say, and it's uh, obviously there's lots and lots of stuff happening in the background, which um, we kind of know about as snug members that a lot of folk won't know about. Um, the one thing I was just going, the, the digital front door, and you've mentioned the app and things like that, is there any more info on that? Because I know there'll be a lot of people very interested in hearing more about that. Uh, a lot more to come very shortly. What we're we're trying to do, it kind of ties up with the delivery plan as well, is we're just trying to make sure that we go out with a very clear vision for what it is as well as very clear timescales and, and what's going to be required. But at the heart of it will be a way for citizens to confirm their identity and be signposted to the right information and be able to transact, at least in the very end, first instance, with you know the basic services that they want to do. So things like booking appointments, we've, we've done quite a bit of that actually on the uh, COVID vaccination platform as an example. Uh, similarly, COVID vaccination certificate, you know, getting access to data and potentially that's where obviously the digital prescribing work will come in in future, future phases. So we recognise digital front door as well. It's not just about the app. That's kind of the shorthand for it. We recognise there's going to be lots of other different channels that people will want to use. And again, it comes back to this idea of digital as a choice and supporting those that maybe aren't able or as confident in using digital. From a technical perspective, it's, it's, it's pretty much taking the standards that allows different services to be plugged in so that, you know, API and the platform approach and, and learning actually a lot from what we've achieved under the vaccination service, especially about how you interact with that, how you verify who you are, etc. So a lot more to come. And um, as part of the delivery plan, one of the next kind of steps probably later on in the year will be probably adding a lot more detail to the digital front door program and, and, and kind of launching and starting to engage on that as the next major program of work. Making sure we bring citizens with us is, is absolutely key, but also recognising it's, it's a major opportunity to potentially take some of the pressure or some of the workload off GP practices themselves, you know, and, and those working in the community. So very much looking at, you know, primary care as being a you know, a, a major area we will go to first, prioritise first for, again, prescribing appointments, you know, that, that kind of routine work. And, and again, that fits also with the, the, the GP DAX programme as well. So just trying to figure out, you know, what goes to the practice, what goes to the DAX, what, you know, what, what, what's the right place where. With the ultimate aim, again, of reducing paper communication, being able to follow up more easily and then just just taking some of those frustrations and pains out of the system. So, yeah, really excited about it all. There's huge potential uh, and really keen to get it moving quickly. And we'll, we'll certainly come back to 
all, all kinds of forums and groups with here's what we're doing and, and here's the direction of travel for for that important program yeah very much looking forward to, to seeing some of that stuff a question jonathan really and obviously scotland uh, isn't an island you know we are part of a of a, a four nation nation if you like my question really is you know in terms of links to the other nations you know how, how does our strategy sort of fit in with what's happening in other places i mean i i speak to a board a border gp who's somewhat frustrated by our inability to you know correspond effectively with the hospital in carlisle and when we get records from uh, england it takes months and they're never complete so yeah i just i wonder you know in terms of that sort of wider uk um picture where where our strategy fits Certainly in terms of particularly where Northern Ireland and Wales are at right now, our, our strategy fits very well. And in fact, Northern Ireland have very recently published an equivalent digital health and care strategy with a number of key themes that are very similar. Um, they're taking a, a different approach in certain key areas, particularly in acute care. Um, but the, the kind of common themes and key themes are, are there. Uh, and digital health and care Wales one year into being uh, in a very similar position. They're looking at things like national clinical data store as well, uh, and this ability of bringing data all together into one place. I will acknowledge the challenges of cross-border transfers, sharing of information across borders. It has improved quite a bit, with, and again, a lot of that was accelerated under the vaccination programme. A lot more work to be done. And, and what's particularly been taken forward is the, the concept of a, an international patient summary, uh, IPS, which builds very much actually on the emergency care summary. Um, but there's interest internationally in that in terms of having a global standard for sharing of information. And, and it opens up that discussion in much the same way actually the COVID certification did of an agreed global standard for sharing of information. So I think really encouraged by that, and it was actually one of the key things that came out of the G7 when it was hosted in the UK was this this ambition around digital health more generally. England's, yep, challenging. To be honest, right now they're they're a little focused on folding in of NHSX and NHS Digital into their new organisation, but we are in touch with Simon Bolton's team and. We are trying to work um, closely with them, but I still think yeah, that there's more work to be done in terms of you know really improving that cross-border flow and, and absolutely recognising you know, where you are based. That that is a particular challenge. Yeah, I think, I think there's, there's more to be done and we're, we're keeping engaged on it. So it is vital to understand that the IT that we use to support our daily work and how it develops depends on funding from the health boards and the Scottish Government and this is their strategy but it's also our strategy. How does it all get translated into a better reality for us as clinicians and our patients? You can contact Jonathan and his team with any comments or feedback and in particular they're looking for some feedback on the data strategy which is out for public consultation until August the 12th. The email address and lots of links are in the podcast notes but their email is hsc data strategy at gov.scot and of course you can email snug or myself via the email addresses on the podcast homepage or our website which is snughealth.org.uk so i hope to speak to you soon and if you have any ideas for future episodes or any comments on this one please do get in touch bye for now